You're listening to the Keef to the City podcast. All right, the Yankees didn't play on Thursday. They got rained out, postponed. The game is now today as part of a doubleheader. Garrett Cole in the first game, Masahiro Tanaka in the second game against the Orioles. And what's the biggest series of the season with the Orioles chasing them for the eighth and final postseason spot? If you can't sweep this doubleheader with Garrett Cole and Masahiro Tanaka going against the Orioles without their best hitter, then I don't know what to tell you. This has to be two wins. has to be especially after what happened last weekend. The Yankees have to win these two games today, have to create some separation here, and have to start thinking about getting back to the second place in the AL East and taking that over from the Blue Jays. Andrew Watandi of Bronx Pinstripes joined me to talk about the state of the Yankees, which isn't very good right now. Thankfully, they got a win on Wednesday to sort of get that bad taste out of everyone's mouth for the next few days. But the state of the Yankees isn't good right now, and that's what we talked about. Let's get to it. All right, and joining me today to talk about the state of the Yankees, which isn't very good right now, is Andrew Rotondi of Bronx Pinstripes. Andrew, how's it going today? What's up, Neil? You having fun with this baseball season? <laughs> I was having a lot more fun when we talked, I think, either the day before opening day or the, you know right around opening day. Uh, things were a lot better back then. Yeah, I mean, I certainly was excited for the start of baseball. <laughs> I don't the, uh, it is It's honestly nothing to do with like the, I mean, the Yankees have been playing like crap. We know that, but it's just, I don't know. Even before that, I just, something was off about this season. So it just, it doesn't feel the same, obviously. Like that's just stating the obvious, but it just hasn't been as fun from like a number of different, different, uh, for a number of different reasons. Yeah. And certainly the injuries have played a role in that. But when you look at this team and obviously if judge were back or Stan were back and Torres didn't miss time and Urshela wasn't out, it wouldn't feel like it does, but it feels more like the 2013-14 Yankees than it does the 2017-18-19 Yankees who were on the up and up. It seems like we've started going backwards here. Yeah, I think just people were spoiled last season with all of the replacement players playing like starters. Like That's not realistic. I, I know yeah. I talked to you about this. I've talked to a thousand different people about this. You cannot expect roster spots number 26 through 40 to perform like roster spots 1 through 25 again that's just not possible or else they wouldn't be roster spots 26 through 40 like there's a reason they're backup players yeah. and they're playing like backup players this year like it, it's not hard to predict this was going to happen <laughs> it kind of reminds me of in, in 17 when the Yankees came back down 2-0 in the ALDS to the Indians and then the next season, they were down 1-0 to the Red Sox. And I was like, they have to win game two or they're done. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? They did it last year. It's like, that's not how things work. Like yeah. You can't just assume because something happened in the past, it's going to happen again. And the teams that are down 2-0, you could count on one hand. And the teams that are down 3-0, we know you could count on one finger. So it's just one of those things, like you mentioned, where people think, oh, because Mike Talkman was out of his mind for six weeks and Cameron Mabin was playing the best of his career at you know mid-30s and, uh, and Austin and Romine had big hit after big hit, and Mike Ford was hitting walk-off home runs. That doesn't just happen year after year. If it did, they wouldn't be the roster spots 26 to 40. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that certainly played a huge factor in it, and I think as big of a reason as any why they have played really terrible over three-week stretches, their bullpen let them down. They had leads in, like, six games that normally that bullpen locks down, and then instead of being five and 
what are they five in or six in uh, 15 yeah. over 21 games? Maybe they're 10 and 11 or 11 and 12 and they're still fighting Tampa for the division. But instead, they have no shot at at winning the division. And their main goal right now needs to be don't finish eighth. So you get swept by Tampa. Yeah. <laughs> and the crazy like I'd thing, rather finish ninth than eighth. <laughs> and the crazy thing is Tampa's been on sort of a skid right now. So now Oakland's first. And people think that the Yankees have trouble at the drop. I think they're misremembering how bad they are in Oakland. And if they have to go to Oakland for three games or even to chop for three, it's probably that's probably it. You probably get two days, three days extra in the season and that's it. And it's not like the Yankees haven't gone through these stretches in the past. They have. It's just in the condensed season, you just can't do, go through these stretches. And had the Yankees played with or managed with urgency in the second week of the season when they were given away at bats and games in Philadelphia by letting you know the 26 to 40 roster spots play, benching guys days off three, four days into the season, maybe if they had some of those wins to sit back on, they wouldn't have to play the way they are now. But Yes, is sort of praising Boone for his urgency at this point. The reason they have to play with urgency is because they didn't care for it for the first six weeks of the season. Certainly the 60-game season plays a factor, but let's let's pretend this season was going to start March 26th. Aaron Judge wasn't going to be in the lineup, and he wasn't going to be in the lineup until late June or July. And then he was going to get a calf injury two weeks after playing <laughs> baseball. So if this was a real season, Aaron Judge would have played the 20 games he's played. That's it. John Carlos Stanton wasn't going to start on opening day because he has injuries all up and down his body. Uh, obviously, Severino was out. Paxton was going to miss the first two months of the season, three months of the season. And then he was going to get a forearm injury. So this team, And Hicks, even, Hicks would have been out too. Yeah, Hicks would have been out too. And um, wasn't Sanchez dealing with something to start the season? I mean, he's yeah. basically yeah, been... Yeah, he was, he was, sick. Well he was say, sick in spring training. Yeah, he might as well just say he hasn't been there all year anyway. <laughs> but, but like this team... so. <laughs> they were going to be without their their key starters in a normal season because that's just I guess this how this roster is it's just full of guys that can't stay on the field. So I, I don't know maybe maybe we'd be looking at a similar situation where they're hovering around 500 entering September because their good players are not on the field 80 percent of the time. Yeah, when you, and they might have even been worse. They might have not. They might have been buried if the, if the twenty six to forty guys were going to play like this all season. Uh, they wouldn't have even had a chance by the time their starting outfield got back. Um, and I just think that the way they've handled the season from the get go was like they treated it like because they were the World Series favorite, the American League favorite, that they were guaranteed a postseason spot. And when I was griping and complaining on social media or on here or on in blogs the first few weeks of the season everyone told me to relax it didn't matter the regular season it's eight teams they're a lock they're a guarantee <laughs> where are all those people now this team is not a lock or a guarantee if they have a bad weekend here against baltimore they'll be chasing the rest of the way so yeah definitely and i mean baltimore's still a bad team so the yankees should take three out of four even though there's a double header um that kind of i mean it kind of sucks that it's a double header because you kind of just figure a split even against a bad team. So that, that takes one potential win away from them. But, but yeah, I mean, but it, it, the, I think reason people are freaking out and reason is legit is because you look at this pitching staff and you're like, okay, even if we get judge and Stanton back and Glaber starts hitting again, how the hell is this pitching staff going to get through October? I don't see how it's possible. 
Yeah, I don't either. It's the same thing. You thought when they got Garrett Cole, things changed. Uh, Certainly, they had Luis Severino then, so things were different. But with Severino out and Paxton being horrible and then getting hurt, you really have Cole and Tanaka. And then Cole hasn't been good. Tanaka, they don't let go more than five innings. Uh, Montgomery's horrible. J-Hap shouldn't keep getting chances to start. And Michael King, there's some infatuation with this guy. All he does is pitch three innings and give up four runs every time he play, every time he pitches. I just don't know what they do. To me, Davey Garcia is the Yankees' best pitcher at this point. He would have to be the Game 3 starter, but they'd have to get to the postseason first. They'd have to force a Game 3 first. So I just don't know. And I thought getting Garrett Cole you know, would swing the AL in their favor, taking him from the Astros, giving him to the Yankees. He's been as bad as you could possibly be for his, for his ability. Yeah, he's been mediocre. He's been in like a kind of an average pitcher, slightly better than average league average pitcher, but they paid $324 million for the best pitcher in the league, not an, a league average pitcher. It's been extremely disappointing. He's given up, was it 13 home runs? Yeah. At least one in every start. His fastball is getting annihilated, which is kind of concerning when you have a guy for nine years <laughs> that his fastball is getting hit like it is. I think it's like... I think Fangraphs did like a breakdown uh, article about it, and it's it like it's can be sort of attributed to mislocation, which could be attributed to a number of different things. But yeah, it's just his fastball hasn't been as good as it was the last two years when he was in Houston, and you know it's weird because Houston's just known for being on the up and up, nothing shady going on there. So I wonder yeah. why his fastball is <laughs> not as good. I think back to 2017 when the Yankees decided not to add salary and take on Justin Verlander's contract, and he single-handedly swings the ALCS in the, in the Astros' favor. Uh, but you bring up a good point. Maybe had the Yankees gone and got Verlander, his career was sort of in a tailspin before he, the Astros resurrected it. Maybe he never would have become the guy he's been the last three years. Maybe he would have continued that tailspin because – Certainly the Yankees have no idea what they're doing. I mean, for Cole to come here, it's just so Yankees that he comes here and isn't any good. It's like if he it's <laughs> well, like come on, he's it's not that he's No, he isn't any good like... because you said he's a league average pitcher. It's not like he's Jay Happ with a seven ERA. G- Garrett Cole with an ERA in the high threes is basically like Jay Happ having a seven ERA. That's how bad he's been given that the fact that he's supposed to be the AL's Jacob DeGrom, and he's not anywhere close to that. So he has been for for his ability and his contract and everything he's been as disappointing and as bad as you can be i i agree he's been extremely disappointing it's also been was it eight starts but that's but you have to take it with the fact that it's every start is a big start he's lost to the Rays three times he's lost he's taken the l in three straight starts like friday game one that's his biggest start of the year against the orioles this is a game the team has to win it's a seven inning game he needs to go out there and pitch seven innings his biggest start of the year was two weeks ago against Tampa on Monday night against Glasnow. Yeah, and, and it was 2 nothing, 10 seconds in. And he lost. Yeah, it's yeah. no. It, listen, I agree. He's been disappointing. I'm also not, not ready to say that, like, it's completely lost, obviously. No, obviously because it's been eight bad. games. Like, if this, were, if this were late May and he made eight starts and he had a 3.9 ERA, we wouldn't be freaking out like we are. But because it's September and because he's given up a home run in every start and the like a concerning thing I think to me is that he hasn't been able to miss bats with his fastball as frequently as he was in the past so you're like okay well is this just you have to just figure out something new because we thought kind of like when they when they signed Sabathia at least we knew we got 2009 through 2012 of CC just going out there and being a hoss and dominating like he did for the 
four years before the Yankees got him. And then he had to tweak things and figure out how to pitch again. That's what we thought we were getting with Garrett Cole, right? 2020 through 2023, dominating the league like he always had. And then fine, he's going to have to figure it out in the back half of his contract. But if he's going to need to figure stuff out in years one through four, well, shit. (laughs) Years five through nine are going to suck. Yeah, and he's basically a five-inning, 100-pitch pitcher. He struggles through every inning. He's at like 20-plus pitches every inning. Home runs leaving the park left and right. He can't get out G-Man Choi to save his life. He, he said, I have no answer for G-Man. You don't have an answer for G-Man Choi. The guy's not any good. And, it's like it's like when Enrique Wilson just mashed Pedro. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And like you said, I asking the question, what's wrong with Garrett Cole? That's not a question that should be asked in start eight of a decade with the Yankees. That's something we should be asking in like 2026. What's wrong with Garrett Cole? Why does he, why are people hitting his fastball? Not eight starts into this thing. He, He was supposed to be the win every five days and he's nothing. Like I, I am very worried about Friday's doubleheader. I have no, like Garrett Cole and Masihiro Tanaka against the Orioles. That should be two wins and it shouldn't even be a thought. That should just be put two wins in the win column. I am not confident at all that they're going to sweep this, these two games on Friday. No, definitely not. <laughs> like they're not. I mean, they haven't. Have they swept a doubleheader? No, they haven't because they season? they only play. They they'll play Tyler Wade and Tyro Estrada both games of the doubleheader and Mike Talkman. But then DJ LeMahieu will get one off. Hicks will get one. Well, Hicks can't play both games of doubleheader. We know that. We saw what happened earlier this year. That he he hurt both his calves trying to do that. Uh, and so they'll just play half the guy. They'll play dehydration, the, yeah, yeah, dehydration. They'll play the the next man up guys both games, and they'll play the real players one game, and then they'll they'll go one and one, and then they'll have to win Saturday and Sunday. It's it's so predictable with this team. Yeah, if they were in first place or even a top top uh, top two or three spots in the league, I'd be like, okay, they're just getting guys a half day off when when they have a doubleheader. But we've seen that strategy not work. Like how many times yeah. do they have to rest guys and then they're, have they're, them get injured right after they've rested? Like Aaron Judge rested the the day before they went to Tampa back in the beginning of the season, and then he got injured after they rested him yeah. because so your your load the load management strategy has not worked now for two years. Maybe change the strategy or change the players. One of them has to change. Yeah. And everyone with Aaron Judge, I know you can never criticize Aaron Judge or you'll take a beating, but I feel like it's sort of swung the other way now where there's a lot of people who are giving it to Aaron Judge lately. Well, the him saying I'm 100% and then coming back and getting <laughs> injured after six innings Running is the a bases. bad look. That's yeah. a bad look, dude. You need to either go out there and fight through it or shut the hell up. You can't have it both ways. And I 100% think Aaron Judge told the media – I'm 100% because he and his team of whoever, managers, sports agents, wanted to change the narrative that he's injury prone. And they wanted to prove to people, no, this dude is 100%. He could go out there and play. It's the Yankees who are holding him back. But that's not really the case. He was hurt and he gets hurt far too often. Is he great when he's on the field? Yes. No one's one's arguing otherwise. But he doesn't get on the field enough. No. No. And it's getting tiresome. I mean, I'm sick of watching this guy get hurt. And it's not like people, it's not like guys on the Yankees are crashing into the wall and breaking their collarbone or sliding into second and tearing their ACL. They can't run the bases. Aaron Judge, John Carlos Stanton, and Gleyber Torres with the with the la- with Stanton and Judge still on the IL from it. They all got hurt running the bases, running from first to second or home to first. Like that's that just can't be a thing. 
I know. It's insane. I And, I mean, other teams don't have the same thing happen to to their quality of players that happens to the Yankees. But I just think, like, this shit never happened, like, when I when in the 90s and the 2000s. Like, and they had, like, big, Older players. Old players, like, guys who were on steroids, like, all this shit. And, and this didn't happen. No. I don't know why it's happening. I'm not smart enough. I'm not inside that, like, clubhouse to figure out why it's happening. I just know that it should be fixed, and it is fixable because other teams don't have it happen. Yeah. My favorite thing was when Stan got hurt again, and he said, I can't believe this is happening again. You can't believe it. This is, <laughs> this is your career. This is all that happens. All that happens <laughs> is you get hurt. You've played one season of 157 games, and you won the MVP. Congratulations. Yeah. And that duped Brian Cashman into taking him on for a decade. <laughs> with, with, with Stanton and, and sort of with Cole, I can't, you know, Cole coming to the Yankees, it's just so Yankees that he hasn't been good. And I think back to Stanton and Boston fans wanting him before they got J.D. Martinez. And had the Yankees gotten J.D. and Stanton went to the Red Sox, I feel like J.D. would have sucked and Stanton would have been good. The same way people <laughs> talk about if A-Rod had gone to the Red Sox. You know, the Red Sox probably would have won five World Series in a row rather than what happened with the Yankees. It's just one of those things where they get these elite talents and they just come here and they're like, eh. Well, it's not just elite offensive talents that happens. It's also pitchers that Brian Cashman has supposedly identified as young and controllable starters. And this is going to be a guy to fix the rotation. And they come here and they shit their pants. It happened with Sonny Gray. I don't want to say Paxton shit his pants because he did pitch well, especially in the second half last year. But Brian Cashman identified a guy who's always injured. And guess what? He got injured again. Like that wasn't hard to figure out. It happened with Michael Pineda where he identified a young starting pitcher except he was a a mental midget and could not figure out how to put two good starts together. So never mind two good innings. Like not even two good starts. He couldn't put two good innings together. He'd strike out the side in one inning and then he couldn't throw a strike in the next inning. So it's like Nathan Avaldi. Nathan Avaldi. That's a good one. (laughs) That's going way back. Javier Vasquez. The the fact that you have to say it's going way back. He's been doing this for 20 years. Well, no, but right. He's repeatedly tried to go to the trade market to bring in cheap, controllable starting pitching because he has identified this is how we can win. If we get one or two starters under our control that are good and cheap, and he's not wrong about that. He just hasn't been able to identify the right guy ever. No, he, he can't. Outside of Roger Clemens, who's you know <laughs> arguably the best pitcher in history, I mean that's C- not that's not really a. I mean, that, that, but no, yeah, I'm saying from like, a free, no, I'm saying from a free like he traded for Clemens, he signed Sabathia, and he signed Cole, and outside of that, he has he has done and and I guess give him Tanaka, that's it. Maybe you want to throw Kuroda in there, but for I was going to mo- say a sneaky good move on his part was Hiroki Kuroda. Yeah. But outside of that, I mean, you've got Jared Wright, you've got Randy Johnson, Denny Nagel. Like, the list goes on forever. Going back, this guy's been doing this for 20 years. He still can't figure out how to how to identify a pitcher. And to me, clearly they gave up on Sonny Gray too early. And it clearly wasn't Larry Rothschild's fault because look at what's going on with, with Matt Blake as pitching coach. So there's, there's a bigger problem here. Yeah, I, I remember Cashman talked about because he was asked the question like, oh, could Sonny Gray just not handle the pressures of New York? And Cashman said, we we do talk about that when bringing in a player. So they acknowledge it's a thing. Like sometimes nerds will say pressure is not a thing. So Cashman and his nerd department maybe are not on the same, uh, you know, they say, 
Hot pressure in New York exist. is a thing. So they acknowledge it, but they just can't figure out who can <laughs> handle it and who can't handle it. Like that seems like a problem. I, I remember, I think it was two years ago when I, whenever I hear the word or the phrase hot streak, I think of us doing this and you saying baseball is, is literally a collection of hot and cold streaks. That's all yeah. I can think about when I hear that hot streaks don't exist. Yeah. And, and people say that clutch isn't a thing, whatever you want to call it. Like at the end of the day, it's humans playing against humans and humans have human yeah. emotions and they're going to be up. They're going to be down. Maybe they have to take a shit when they're out on the mound and that's <laughs> going to affect their performance. Like they're not computers. No, no, they're not. And, and people who think clutch don't, doesn't exist or hot streaks don't exist. I don't know what they're thinking because they, they just watch the games. It, it clearly does. Those yeah, are probably the same Sanchez people in right now. <laughs> yeah. Those are probably the same people that say that if Tyler Wade gets every day at bats, he'll hit. He's, he's been getting every day at bats. He, he still can't hit. <laughs> but he can run. Yeah, that, no, but he can only run as if uh, it's not the ball's not in, hit in front of him, or there's not a tag up play, or you know he has to <laughs> miss the call sign at third going home. He, this team between him and Talkman, who you know they all have these like mini fan bases on social media, and if the second you speak poorly about them, they just come out in, in droves, and it's like how could anyone defend these guys? Yeah, it's oh – God, I'm so tired of Yankees social media. I'm so freaking tired of it. The Aaron Hicks fan club is the worst of all. If you want yeah. to say Aaron Hicks' walk percentage is great, his walk rate's great, yeah, okay, he walks. But Aaron Hicks is not – what he's not a number three hitter, guys. He's not a he doesn't top get of the hits. order hitter. He doesn't get hits. So I, I understand he gets on base a lot. Like I'm, I'm acknowledging that. So you either need to hit him leadoff so he hopefully walks and then someone behind him gets a couple hits or hits a home run or you need to bat him eighth or ninth. That's where he should bat in the lineup, not third. Yeah, you're not going to walk four guys in a row. Well, you could, but Mike Talkman would probably swing at a 3-1 pitch above his head if that was the case. But What's he, what's he hitting? He's hitting 209. Is it a 377 on base percentage? Yeah. That's really good. If he could just hit 250, then then we're really talking about something here. Yeah, that's the and he's on base dipped recently, and that's the only thing that the Hicks fan club has to hang on to is the on base because the slugging sucks. He can't hit he can't hit home runs. He doesn't really hit get hits, period, like you said. So once that dipped, it was like, what are we doing here? But thankfully it's gone a little bit back up. But he's not a three hitter. He's just not. And everyone gets the bat third, whether it's him or Mike Ford or Mike Talkman. Anybody Brett could bat third on the Yankees. Yeah, Brett Gardner. We're still doing that. We didn't. No one learned their lesson from last year with that. That's that's still a thing. Tyler just, Wade hasn't hit third yet, though. I'm waiting for that. <laughs> Maybe we'll get that today in game two. Well, with these guys coming back, if Judge comes back and Stanton comes back, they're clearly not coming back on Friday, so that's two more games off the schedule. So then there will be 15 games left. Do you really want John Carlos Stanton coming back with like three games left and then playing in October? Uh, I, I mean, what, I understand what you're saying, but like, what choice do they have? I guess, but they tried this last year with Gary Sanchez and Edwin Encarnacion and it didn't go so well. No. So what I think they're going to do is they're going to try and get judge and Stanton back for the last like seven days, eight days of the season. And they will try and get them as many plate appearances as possible at DH. They'll alternate DHing. Yeah, they basically. will. They'll, they'll then, probably ask. They'll be like, you know, in uh, spring training when they're like, oh, can this pitcher like get four outs this inning? They'll be like, can we have two DHs today? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so and I expect Judge to get like one day in right field against Miami, maybe on that Saturday against Miami. Hopefully he doesn't pull another calf muscle and he'll be out there for game one of the playoffs if they make the playoffs. <laughs> well, right now they're the eighth seed. The A's are the first seed. So they'd play the A's. 
Orioles are one game back in the lost column. Tigers are two games back in the lost column. Mariners, I'm not worried about at all. Three games back in the lost column. But if they win three out of four this weekend, that pretty much you know gets rid of the Orioles. Then you'd have to worry about Detroit a little bit, but they have to they have to win three out of four I mean, at the, home against but the, the Orioles. The Tigers and the Orioles suck. They do, but the Yankees suck. <laughs> they have a plus eight run differential. You might not be wrong. You might not be wrong. I mean, this is a team. They, like you said, they were sixteen and six. Now they're twenty two and twenty one. They have the the San Francisco Giants, who are awful. And I watch a lot of late night West Coast baseball. You watch this team. They their lineup is the worst. Their pitching sucks. Everything about them sucks. Gabe Kapler's their manager. He sucks. They have the same record as the Yankees. <laughs> I yeah. I just if if they play Tampa in the first round, they're going to get their butts kicked. Yeah. I don't know how they – I would feel confident against the White Sox and Twins, and that's it. Of course, I think, the Twins. I think at Oakland is a big problem. At Tampa is a big problem. They're well, not is it going to face... be at – is it going to be at Tampa, at Oakland, or is it going to be bubbles? Like... Well, supposedly, if there is a bubble, it would only start after the first round. Oh, okay. So they will be on the road for those. And then – I hate the bubble idea anyway, but if that's what they have to do to get through it, I guess – Cleveland would be a huge problem with their rotation, and certainly Houston, who's actually under 500 now. You still just don't want to face the Astros, whether they're not the same team they used to be. No, things could obviously turn around if, in the last two weeks of the season, the Yankees start playing a lot better and guys start to come back. I think we'll feel a lot differently. But I just come back to, I don't see how this pitching staff, even assuming Garrett Cole pitches better, I don't see how this pitching staff, after Garrett Cole, gets through three, well, actually four rounds of October baseball series it's not going to be possible <laughs> well it's i don't think it is either but hopefully these last couple weeks they turn it around andrew thanks for coming on and talking about the state of the yankees may hopefully next sure time we talk it's, it's a better state yeah man thanks for having me on all right thanks again to andrew for taking the time to come on and talk about the state of the yankees things could be better <laughs> They will be better, hopefully. They start to get better if they could sweep the doubleheader on Friday. Garrett Cole in Game 1, Masahiro Tanaka in Game 2. Four games against the Orioles in three days. The Yankees have to take these games. I I would think, yeah, they have to take all four, but that was the previous Yankees that weren't losing every single day. So, yeah, three out of four would be nice. Create two-game separation and start to think about going after the Blue Jays. That'll do it for today. I'll be back on Saturday to talk about the doubleheader. Thanks for listening. Sitting-